Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Mm. Heist. Oh, oh, that was good. I like how you added that in last second. Because, Thanks. James, that is, in fact, where we are. We are still in the time heist. And I'm just going to jump right into it, I think, today. Do it. Uh, We're at Avengers Endgame. We're in the time heist. We are one hour, 40 minutes, and 15 seconds in. And we are going until one hour, 42 minutes on the dot. Clock that one. Uh, So here we go. Here is what happens. Tony Stark jogs down a line of containment boxes and small desks with tools and microscopes, scanning each one as he passes. Finally, he reaches one that has a match for the gamma radiation that the Tesseract puts off. He borrows, quote, that's in heavy quotes, a briefcase from the top of a computer and quickly has the nanotech create a glove of his suit and he blowtorches the thing open. The Tesseract is, in fact, sealed inside. What was that face? I hadn't put it together that he has the nanotech make the glove. Yeah. I don't know where I thought the glove was the whole time. Well, see, this is what's also fascinating because technically all the suits that they wear, the time travel suits, are using the nanotech technology, right? But like he also already has his suit with him, so yeah, for him the sense. two things are connected. Um, yeah. So he just has. So I believe technically his gloves are also just his normal gloves, kind of the same thing right. with a uh, war machine, but his is for a different reason. Anyway, but like you know, right. and slices right through. I just saw you have a moment of realization. So I was like, let's get to that real quick. Yeah. Um, sure. And he blowtorches the thing open. The Tesseract is, in fact, sealed inside, and he lets out a sigh of relief. Back in the game. Using the glove, he picks it up and puts it in his newly acquired briefcase. Just as he's about to finish, a voice cries out, Arnhem, are you in there? He quickly closes it, and the sound attracts the attention of the speaker. The sight of this man causes Tony to stop in his tracks. It's kind of like he's familiar, but he's also very different. It's weird, right? He tries to turn and walk away, but the man calls after him. The door is this way, pal. Oh, right. They begin Not walking. Your pal, buddy. Yeah. They begin walking towards each other. And the man says, I'm looking for Dr. Zola. Have you seen him? Yeah, Dr. Zola. No, I haven't seen a soul. Tony is nervous and knocks into a chair. The man takes a good look at Tony. Do I know you? No, sir. I'm a visitor from MIT. He taps a little badge. Ah, you got a name? Howard. Well, that'll be easy to remember. Howard Potts, he says, taking way too much time, by the way. Not convincing. Well, I'm Howard Stark. What? What? He's Howard Stark, but he doesn't look anything like Howard Stark. The only thing the same is just... I know Howard Stark and you, sir. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, And yet he's the same man, just a different man in a different time. Time really is weird. Uh-huh. So he offers up a hand to shake. Tony clumsily only grabs one finger. Shake that, don't pull it. Tony just nervously laughs It, it is off. Howard. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you look a little green around the gills there, Potts. Oh, I'm just fine, long hours. You want to get some air? Tony pauses. Hello, Potts. Yeah, yeah, that'll be swell. Tony starts walking to the elevator. Do you need your briefcase? Howard picks up the briefcase and extends it to him. 
Tony takes it and then looks away. And the moment that his back is to him shows a clear look of panic on his face. Howard, walking behind him, asks him, you're not one of those beatniks, are you, Potts? And that's the scene. Uh, Yeah, perfect. It's a great scene. So give me one second because I don't have this thing up. So I need to pull it up. While while I'm pulling it up, yeah, you give me your thoughts on the scene. I had had two things. Um, You read it as, hello, Potts, and that is how it makes sense. How the actor that we'll talk about in a second reads it is, hello, Potts, or like, hello, Potts, or something it's, like that makes sense, but it's such a wild reading of it. You know what it is? It's it's not snapping the fingers, but it has yeah. that tone of like, hello, Potts, like, like hello, yeah. Potts, like, earth, earth. There it's, it is. You know it is. Hello, it's like, Potts. It's, it's like earth, earth the yeah. Potts, you mean? Yeah. Hello, McFly. Yeah. Um, And then two... Do we get more information about Arnim Zola being just a part of Shield? Um, no, not exactly. But like, what it is is it's kind of like a tease because that's sort of how he gets the technology and stuff like that to be in that base that they yeah. will find him in later. And he's he's back there. Did you see him? What do you mean? As Howard is walking towards the camera, if you look in the back. There's a big green screen. Oh yes, no, you know what it is. Uh, so he, what's weird is, is that. So I don't think he's technically in it yet. Right, but it's right, it's right. the machine that he has built. The yes, idea of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, you're right. No, uh, <laughs> I was like, why well, don't think he's? I thought you meant the actor for Arnim Zola was in the scene. No, yes, you are correct. When you, uh, in fact, hello. when when he is first walking into the scene, you can actually see at the back of the row is the exact same machine that we will see in a future movie uh, because it gets moved from this location because they close it out. They close up. Is that age of Ultron too? Do I just not remember any, literally anything? No, I think that's winter soldier. I think because I believe it is, I believe it is, um, it is cap and black widow. Yes, it is. Cap and Black Widow For sure. Yeah. Um, so, okay, here's the here's one of the things that you were looking for, by the way. Um, yeah. What I think is interesting is that when he goes through, I wanted to double check it. So when he's going through this little section of things, right, uh, if you look closely and try and pause everything, whatever, to look at stuff, there is no information as to what is inside some of those boxes. And no to some extent, you probably... I think wouldn't find anything because I think at least one of them is technically seemingly empty entirely. Mm. At least one of the three that we see, because we only see four. There's three okay. that we see him scan. What he's really looking at is technically these closed boxes and they're not using, he's not using like x-ray or infrared. He is using, um, I, I don't know the, the term for it is I'm forgetting almost like not like quite a, like a Geiger counter. It's kind of like a Geiger counter, but it's like specific to like the, the, the waves of frequency or whatever you would call that for gamma radiation. Right. So what what you what yeah. you see is is um now let me see if I can grab a quick screen pause for you real quick to send to you because like it moves so quickly um and that was something that I you're right I did pause and look multiple times this is probably the closest I'm gonna get um so here we go I'm gonna send it to you and so what you'll see on this right. Is that he's oh, looking at this thing? Negative. Yeah, so it says scan signature negative, but like also like this very first one 
Um, it, there might be something inside the box that's inside the box, but you can yeah. kind of tell that this one is it either is housing something that's not dangerous or it's empty. It's like a rotary phone. Yeah, because it's it's you can see like a box and like some stuff going on, but there's nothing of like note or distinct on on any of these things. You can actually kind of that's see so the inner mechanisms, but yeah. when it comes to the fourth one, right, the box is fully closed, which yes. shows that like you know that this one is like definitely housing something, and you can see what again it's weird because he's not really using X-ray, but yet for whatever reason, I guess because it's like the he's seeing the radiation, he can yeah. see the actual um, like shape of the tesseract inside. Right. Which is then funny to me because like also Pating again, which is funny to me because again target acquired match. He sees this thing and then when he opens it, it's almost like he's surprised to see it in there. Which is very funny to me. Although I guess it could be like if it left, you know, if it's been there long enough, it could leave like residue of a signature. Right. Because like imagine it sits in there for three years and then they move it the day before. Right. There's still going to be, you know, like an inkling of something there. You know what I mean? Are you trying to see what's on the left hand side? Yeah. I believe it says. Composite analysis. It says particle detector. Um. Uh, or detection maybe is on the left hand side oh and i'm looking down in the middle of that oh yeah and then there's like yeah and then there's just text that is impossible to read um at least this quickly or whatever but like it's it's pretty cool um it's a pretty interesting little ui um user interface it's a little it's a little busy (laughs) well i also think that's probably something that he's used (laughs) to because it's also like all off to the side it's a lot of information like you mean Maybe, yeah. Because oh, I, yeah, I think sure. the idea is it's kind of like, you know, people who have, um, who like use like eye pattern recognition, some of that in order to speak with like a computer, right? It's yeah. that. I think that it tracks his eye movement to probably like go through a menu, you yeah. know what I mean? So that he can like find this stuff and then he can read all these readouts, um, you know, of things, which I think is pretty cool. Um, very cool overwhelming to think about mm-hmm. learning yes for sure um especially like i i imagine it's difficult to get through like words to make form yeah. a sentence can you imagine trying to look through eight thousand tools that like all do different things and then read their readouts like quickly in success i mean like listen tony tony smart yeah tony smart that's, what, that's what his lesson yeah tony smart yeah exactly what i also think is interesting and funny though is that like it is rare that Tony Stark gets just basically put to a grinding halt. Yep. And this is one of those moments. The guy who's like, I can handle anything. You know, I've got whatever. I mean, again, like he's gone toe to toe with Thanos and not thought twice. Right. And yet coming face to face with his father in the past has caused him to fully be like, like a deer in headlights. He froze. Right. Right. Well, he can, he's, I mean, he's an equal. His father has no context for him. So mm-hmm. he can actually get a good bearing on what his dad is like. Oh, of course. But it's also yeah. like, it's also tough, right? Because like he has some good memories of him, but then also like he really focused on the negative memories for a really long time. And then mm. it wasn't until fairly recently that he kind of started leaning back in on the positive things. Yeah. Which is good, but also interesting, kind of leads you to some thoughts. 
right? He's yeah. kind of making some, whatever the word for that yeah. is, like some final arrangements, kind of, you know, like uh, of or like kind of closing out and getting closure on a lot of factors in his life. Can 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 we talk in a meta way about that exact same topic? Sure. I love time travel, and you know that. Everyone yeah. knows that about me. It's hard not to read this scene as sort of like, well, we're going to close out some stuff for this character, send him back in time, get him to meet his dad, get him to sort of like, it's almost like a Christmas carol, but if Scrooge was not, you know, had a already kind bit. of learned his lesson. I, you know, I think though that like. a little fan Yes and no. I mean, like, okay, here's what I. I like it. I think it's great. Great performances. Here's why I think it's important. Okay. It's because I think that going into this, I understand this is a little bit of the meta as well, which is also why Kevin Feige said they are moving away from like signing deals that are like for X amount of time. And from now on, everything is effectively a la carte. So like every project that you see a person on with the exception of uh, Spider-Man, because, um, that is a, a character that gets signed on for a deal because it's a joint right. venture. Um, every other person, though, is a la carte at this point. So, yeah. like, if they're brought on to another movie, whether it is for a solo movie, for a team-up, whatever, uh, or a TV show, it's all done per project. And that is so that no one can know if the person's going to survive or not, right? Right. Um, Telenovela but, style. Right. But I also think that this is why we knew... I mean, sorry, to some extent, this is why we knew Tony and, and Cap were going to have definitive story lines in this, right, right. In, in this movie. Um, kind of spoiler, but also by this point, you should have seen the movie itself anyway. But like, I but think like, that's in which I, we've talked about already that I hate. I hate when it's like, well, this person wasn't, you know, they're done with their contract. So we know that right. plot wise, I'm all in favor of, I don't know. I mean, listen, we'll I, I think that we are going to see some situations where whether it's through contracts or not, I think there are going to be some heroes that eventually either just retire or we never hear from again or whatever naturally, because I think that does happen in the comics as well, right? Yeah. I think, though, that in terms of this and this movie and everything like that, I think the reason why these characters had to be done in this way is that one of them is literally the reason we had this whole thing. Right. I think that it was Howard a little, Stark. yes, I think it was a little bit of giving, giving flowers in a way while the person is still there um, sure. and recognizing that thing. Cause the other thing is that he was originally also supposed to be done way before this to begin with. Um, and technically he was also a la carte for the last few movies, but we knew for a fact that like he had said that he had a definitive amount of time that he wanted to do left. And I think that the same thing kind of thing happened with cap. Like, this was definitely his last film, but I think that we knew it wasn't going to get extended. I think we all knew that, like, for sure, this was going to have to close out some stories. And so I think that another scene that we're going to see, as well as this one, were sort of needed to kind of start moving us towards understanding where we're going. And it's like, I don't think it's necessarily bashing us on the head with it. But I also I think, I think it's also nice because, again, it's like ripples, not waves kind of situation, right? In which, you know, he gives, mm, no, I don't want to say anything there, but like, I think that there is something that happens, at least in this 
interaction that could have an impact on Tony effectively in the past, but which is the future of this day, right? Time is weird. Time is weird. And I think that that's an important factor as well. But also, like, I think that, like, Tony knows kind of, I think, where things are going. I think he knows what's happening. I think he knows the world that's falling apart. And he also knows, like, if they fail, what gets lost. And I feel like this is one of the final moments of, like, even though we've already seen all this growth, this is also a final moment of, like, you know, can he look at something that he's lost in the face of all this information and not act selfishly? Because now he's standing in front of his father and he has a time and a way to be like, hey, 1991. Yeah. Don't. You know? Dear Doc, on the night of- Right. And and instead, he just sort of, he's, you know, I mean, it's, he gets to actually talk to his dad and this time, like, in a way that isn't torturous for both of them or right. whatever, or like pained or whatever. But also, like, he can't say too much he can't reveal anything. I mean, like, there's a lot of complication that happens here. And I think it's both nervousness of being able to talk to him in this way, but also, like, again, the situation of do I break my own protocol and try and change something? Right. You know? So, like, there's a lot of stuff happening here. And I think it's a good and fascinating scene. Um, it's for sure fascinating. Absolutely. It's a... it. I was thinking about it in terms of Friends, the sitcom. Um, when Friends was ending, uh, Matt LeBlanc had already signed on to do Joey, which was a spinoff. So the plot of Friends ending didn't have Joey ending right. because it was continuing. And I guess sometimes it's sort of in the same in the same file folder as... Well, their contract hadn't come up yet, so we know that they were going to be in the next movie. A little bit, it's like, well, they're they're nearing the end, so they're wrapping things up for everyone. But Joey got this sitcom, so this is going to go into the future. But it, I don't know, and I don't know what I'm trying to like. It it it's weird. Some of these pieces of this of this puzzle of Endgame are weird because when you take them out and pull them completely out of context, like we have, right? It looks really it, weird. It, it looks really weird. Yeah, yeah. But like the other thing to consider, right, is that what in in that same regard, I know this is going to be out of context, this whole thing. I mean, especially if you literally are going chronological order. But one of the things right. that you do need to understand is, is that we talked about it in the last ep- or two episodes ago, rather. But this movie, while there is technically one more film after it, like overall, the, the main MCU story yeah. concludes... A, a major chapter, right? And I'm not talking a phase. I'm talking like a literal saga. Yeah. There is a a from point A to point B type situation happening here that ends with this film. So I think that like- Far From Home is the hidden track. I mean, kind of. That's really, that is a lot of what that is. I feel yeah. like the same thing is going to end up happening here with four, five, and six, right? There's going to be a movie, and it's one of the Avengers movies, of course, again. But like we're going to know going into that movie- it might not be, we might not get any character deaths, right? Which I know sounds wild. There's a strong possibility that we don't lose necessarily anyone there. 
but there's going to be something that is both won and lost all at once for sure. Like there's going to be some sort of sacrifice or change or what have you. Right. Because we're we're putting the final bookend on a story. And right. so whether that means that like they find a way to close off all multiverse stuff. So from now on, there could never be another multiverse story. Or it's like in order to have a multiversal story, people are gonna have to jump through wild time hoops and stuff like that, which happens in comics too. They find ways to like effectively stop multiverse stuff for a while and then someone right. finds a new wormhole or whatever uh and things kind of yeah. open back up but that's probably what's going to end up happening like we're going to find find that we've got to close ourselves off for whatever reason there's going to yeah. be a change that happens and that's what's happening here and like i think these scenes set us up for that but not again like i was saying earlier not like in a way that's like bashing us over the head i think it's like i agree with him i think it's like a a nice cathartic moment the only other thing I have is one Avengers Ensemble, and then I'm I'm out. I have. Let's do nothing. Avengers Ensemble then. Great. Avengers Ensemble. All right, Howard Stark version 2.0. <laughs> it's in our timeline. Right in our timeline. Stark, yes, I was gonna say we're gonna have something fascinating to say about that in a second. We have one more. <laughs> yeah, there's three versions and it's bonkers. Yeah. Howard Stark Mark II is played by <laughs> That's good. I like that a lot. Thanks. Thanks. Uh played by John Slattery. Um he will play Howard Stark in Civil War. Uh and I didn't trust myself to know that Cap 3 was Civil War, so I wrote Civil That's War. That's funny. And then I was like, I hope I don't think that it's a like Civil War movie and I didn't. So I did it. <laughs> Uh, and Ant-Man. Uh, he was also uh, in Wet Hot American Summer, First Day of Camp, 89 episodes of Mad Men, two episodes of Rest of Development, one episode of The Simpsons. He was in The Adjustment Bureau. He was in one episode of 30 Rock. And he was in Iron Man 2. And he was also in two episodes of Sex and the City, which I didn't write down, but that is where I think I first sort of noted who he was. Also, uh, Desperate Housewives. So I sort of have come to a weird place with John Slattery where I'm like, oh, he's in these like... What a what a silver fox heartthrob sort of dude, and then Mad Men came much much later, Anyways, mm -hmm. um, and then in a very very quick and rather ironic ironic man, TM TM TM, his trademarks are gray or silver hair, things he doesn't have in this movie. Mm -hmm. Back to you, Colin. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, back to me in the studio now. Yeah, I think it's very funny when they like do sort of like, oh, but this was him younger, so yeah, he's younger, so he has not that, as if the Steve Martin thing wasn't a thing. He already. still, he still has his hair color, but like I think it's smart though, right? Because if you are going to claim that somehow he's the same guy from Captain America One and Agent Carter, that you know we've yeah. only gone, you know, about twenty years ish. You know, yeah, twenty what, twenty three, yeah, yeah. So it's like you could start giving them some salt and pepper there, but like, yeah. you know, I agree that like by leaving the hair color the same, basically, you can say, see, it's the same guy. He's just getting older and also somehow taller. But like, he's getting yeah. older and, and like now, a skinnier face. Yeah, uh, and that, he got captured by a wampa and, and it hit his face, and that's why. His right, face and that's why. Yeah, it's definitely not because he was in a you know accident. Um, <laughs> that's great I, I i enjoy him and his career and it'll be cool to he's see very him good. some other stuff now james i have a hostion for you great 
It's going to be a little deep, a little, I don't know, something. Bring it on. I, I have two questions, actually. Okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a more fun one because I kind of want to get to the deeper one in a second. Have you ever had an extremely awkward first introduction to someone? And if so, what was it like? Like, can you tell me anything about it? Well, okay. Um, when I met my wife, the woman who would become my wife, we tell the story all the time. There's not, I'm not talking out of school. So uh, here's the story of how I met my kid's mother. Ten seasons later. Um, Thank you, no. Bob uh, So um, our friends, Rachel and Aaron, not that Aaron, different Aaron, lived in this in this dorm kind of on the other side of campus. So we would go visit them or walk them home or whatever. In that same dorm, on that same floor, and when I was talking to Kristen about this, uh, I had remembered uh, literally three doors down from Aaron and uh, and Rachel's uh, room, uh, and I remember that because of the the band of same name, uh, lived Tony, uh, who was, that's hilarious, hadn't put that together, uh, Tony, which was short for Antoinette, uh, who was in my chemistry major with me, who I had a bit of a crush on. And her roommate, Kristen, who would uh, I would marry. So I <laughs> uh, had, a, had a crush on Rachel, walked her home, hung out with her. You know, like we would as friends, you know, go to Richmond for ska shows, go to dinner, whatever. That kind of friend where it's like, I have a crush on you, but like there's nothing like you're a bud, like. It's not nothing ever's gonna happen or whatever, but I was in her dorm. Went to visit Tony. Say hi. That's how I do crushes. Is sort of make myself. Hey, it's me again. Very visible. Um, and so Tony. Describe Tony. Tony is the least uh, reactive person I've I've maybe ever met. Like she's very very smart. But when it comes to like uptake, like like oh, there's James, I know him. Not that. So I stood. I was standing in the door of their dorm room. Just standing there. Uh, I believe we were going to a ska show, so I had shorts on, a dress shirt, a black tie, hair spiked up. Kristen is sitting on the ground. She was doing some sort of teaching school thing or whatever so she looks up at me listen i'm a i'm a tall man i was then too so she looks up at me and tony is sitting just doing her homework not looking Kristen's like tony tony do you do you know this <laughs> she's like oh hey james so that was how i met Kristen. <laughs> Just towering over her. Just towering over. And she's like, and you had like a mohawk. I was like, well, I've never had a mohawk. So, but my hair does like lean in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So when I spike it up, it has sort of like a bell curve. That's a weird way to describe hair. What's the next question? That's a, that's a science guy (laughs) right there for you. Um, I will say for me, I don't necessarily have any off-rip necessarily, just simply because I guarantee you the amount of times that I've just been like, uh, about like meeting anyone you know what i mean uh yeah. i mean like 
anyone that I've met on the internet, like that I know mm-hmm. from podcasting, whatever, that then I meet in person, there's a moment of awkward. So PodCon depends, 2 yeah. was a lot of sort of like, oh, hey, 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 we, we have a lot of are. friends at PodCon that like I eventually or that I was usually pretty cool about meeting in person. Yeah. Tracy, I was a little Tracy. weird about yep. meeting in person. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I think actually the very first time I ever actually physically ran into Morgan, I feel like it took yeah. me a second because I was like kind of like- ran into her, like checked her into the Yeah, boards. yeah. No, but it was more of like, I was like, do I, are we like hugging people? Like, what is this? You know, so I wasn't, wasn't sure. I was was the like, answer yes? Yeah, but I was like, hot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was like, handshake, hand, you know, hug. Uh, so it did feel a little bit like the moment of, you know, grabbing one finger and being like, you know, shake it, don't pull it. Yeah. I've also met, I mean, this is not a brag because again, it's just at conventions. It's not like I've met them just like randomly on the streets or whatever. Yeah. I've met a bunch of like, you know, famous, you know, actors and voice actors and stuff yeah. like that by going to conventions. Runaway and stars. I have, I don't, actually weirdly enough with her, I feel like I was pretty cool about everything. Yeah. Uh, despite being like, you are uh, very, very pretty. Um, no, but like the amount of people that I have met where I've just been like, hi, um, so you do this voice and like I like that show and like it means a lot to me because you did this thing for me and like and it's like okay what's happening I will say I don't know if it's embarrassing or weird but I will say I ran into Kevin Conroy like actually actively ran into him kind of like the joke you were making oh yeah yeah I ran into him on a convention floor because like we were talking and then like we, we just sort of barely brushed shoulders and I wasn't even turning to like be angry. I was just, I literally went to say sorry. And like, just because I knew that I probably was my fault because I wasn't fully looking forward. And I turned, I was like, and I kind of just went like this, like I, this one, you can't see me, but like this is my hand reaching back to like grab the attention of the people that I'm with who are definitely not facing the same direction I am now. And I just go, hi, Batman. Like, because I didn't know what else to say. I knew his name is Kevin, but for some reason I would go, yeah. hi, Batman, like just voice cracking you know, almost 30. And he goes, and just, you know, again, the very Kevin Conroy, hello. I'm like, I hope you're having a good time or something like that. And I was like, uh, yeah, <clears throat> yep, yep. Scary. Oh, uh, just real, just real, real quick. Mm-hmm. It's not even a tangent. Do you know that the first time that Aaron and I met Rihanna? Yeah. Was that a, was yeah. in Seattle mm-hmm. when we live? Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, I think you and I, it's I mean, guess you and me is the yeah. same. Yeah. Because like by yeah. that time I was back in Maryland and it's like yeah. we lived less than an hour away from each other and yeah. it still was like let's fly all the way to Seattle to meet each other which is yeah. very funny. Um, <laughs> so okay, here's my my last question. Yes, great. Is there I'm anyone in your life, alive or past, that you would like to go back in time and meet them in this way? Like you know because it's oh. like a thing of there's like perhaps like an opportunity that is lost at this point, but like that, you know, that you can't say, hi, it's me, James from the future. Right. Cause they're not going to be like, who, what, who, but like, is there someone that you would like to just have a brief interaction just to be like, I would love to see what this person was like at my age now or whatever, you know, Colin, I love time travel. You both, we both know that everyone knows that. Have I said that already this episode? Yes, I, hope I, I think at least great. three times. <laughs> great, great. All right, good. Um, the reason why I love time travel is exactly what you're talking about. The answer is yes, of course. My parents, my mom. See, okay, here's the thing about my mom. I think she was actually kind of like a a badass rocker chick. 
Like, she told me that she was going to go to Woodstock, but she, like, they had the car already. She was she was in Arizona, and she was fourteen in nineteen sixty nine. So she ba- basically because school happened to be starting like that week, she didn't. Otherwise, she and her friends would have driven to Woodstock, like cross country. She's seen bands and whatever. So I'd like to have met her. I think she's, I mean, she's had a rough time. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. I I was born with some birth defects and, like, just all sorts of stuff. Um, My dad, my uh, my dad's mom, uh, I really want to know, like, because she was cool as hell up until she died, like, up until and including when, you know, like, up until the very point of death. That was weird to say, including when, like, she was awesome when she died. Um, like, she, she, and so I, I would love to have met her, because, like, she was sort of there for my dad in sort of a, like, you know, his siblings would go off and be with their friends and whatever, and he would kind of hang out and listen to music with his mom. And I would like to have met her just yeah everyone i would like to you know even down to like i would love to have hung out with my sister when she was the ages she would have been if we had a a more typical sibling age gap because like i'm i i knew her you know until she was until i was 18 when she was seven then i went away to school and like did kind of like living life stuff and then when i was 20 four or something 24 25 26 and she was you know 14 15 but like it was like almost like a parent relationship at that point like she was visiting us but it was almost like she was visiting like an uncle and i was fine we were fine to do that because you know i'd been where she was i wanted to be a sanctuary for her all the reasons i want to be a school counselor but you know 10 years ago 15 years ago. Um, uh, so, like, I mean, like, absolutely everyone. Like, o- old old strangers, people I see in photos, just extras in old movies. Yes. <laughs> Every, yeah. everything, everyone, everywhere. When I see establishing shots in old movies of, like, a plane flying over uh, towns, mm-hmm. The people in those houses, like it's just, it's actually, I hadn't actually realized how big of a thing it was until I started answering your very good question. What about you? There's a couple of people that I know right now where I would definitely love to be able to kind of go back in time. Um, And uh, I I couldn't go back nearly as far as they did in this movie to, to see these folks. So like, it would definitely be, we're talking like maybe 10 to 20 years at most that I could go yeah. back in order to talk to some of these people um, and not have it be unbelievably weird. Um, but like, you know, I could go back and talk to them and have a conversation and, you know, we'd be removed enough that I don't think I would look exactly like my old self. So I don't think they'd be like, are you related to this person? You know, like, I think right. we, I think I look similar, but I think I look different enough that I think I could kind of have a conversation without it becoming apparent or also some of them I would maybe go back before I met them kind of thing. Right. Um, just to sort of, I don't know, have a moment with them one more time just because they're, 
you know, someone who's either not in my life anymore or maybe has left us, unfortunately, you know. Yeah. Um, another scenario though would also be, I feel like, and this is nothing against either of my grandmothers, right? But I think both of my grandfathers, I would also love to go back to like, like my age or even younger to meet. And the reason for that is specific though, right? And that is that my grandfather on my dad's side of the family, uh, is truly, I think the best person I've ever met in my entire life. Like I don't think you could or will ever find a better person. And what I mean by that is like, I mean, I'm talking like kindness, you know, like, like good person. Right. Um, yeah. and part of me wants to sort of see part of his journey and, uh, find a way to get advice sort of one last time, uh, just because he was like the moral compass of our family. Yeah. But also for my mom's dad, because he passed when I was like one and a half. So like mm. I hear a bunch of stories and stuff like that, but I never really, I never actually got to know him. And so yeah. there is a part of me that wants to go back. Cause like from what I, from what I hear, he's an incredible storyteller. And like, there is a lot of things about me that I definitely get from him. I mean, like, for example, like my very curly hair, some of the like uh, facial features and stuff like that, like. There's some stuff that like I would want to go back though. Like I want to sort of witness like a story and just be like, yeah, how much of that sort of stuff is in my genes versus how much of that was sort of uh, nurtured through theater and stuff like that. Like, or is it that like kind of like a X Men superpower kind of thing? Like, was that like a gene that I always had, but like I had to activate it by going to these you know other scenarios? You know what I mean? Like a next gene. Is, is Gene Gray a, a genetics joke? I think so. Yes. Never thought of that before. Yeah, I, I yeah. I, I totally know what you're talking about. Um I can I share with you an epiphany? Can I share with you yeah. one tiny thing yeah. and then an epiphany I just had? I'd like to meet high school Morgan. Mm, yeah. Um she I every story I've I've heard about her, she's cool as hell. Yeah, oh um, agree. Because she's she has been I at, at the very least since then, she has always been. Yeah. Correct. So right as I have always been. Right, um, Morgan, the Chronicom of Cool. That's a pretty cool title. <laughs> that is um, a pretty cool title. <laughs> um, I have just realized how much like my dad's, my mom's dad, I am. Just now sitting here talking to you about this. Yeah, my dad's dad was like military, kind of really closed off, kind of. Like, I think he had kind of a rough childhood, Chicago streets sort of deal. Mm. Kind of threw himself into the army, whatever. A weird story my dad told me, like, not recently, but not long ago. Like, he was over in Vietnam before, like, Vietnam was a thing. Because he was kind of like, I think, scouting the area. Like, he was doing, like, recon and stuff. And anyway, I was like, what was, what, he, what? Um, what the like, dog doing? What the dog doing? Yeah. Um, Sorry. But my uh, my mom's dad had a very gentle. I I mean I I, I you know I don't, I don't know how he would feel about this, but like kind of like a very feminine energy that I feel like I also have. You think you're gentle? Interesting. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, no, no, yes. I say listen. I know. I, I, I get it. I mean. <laughs> Listen, I know. I think you are. I I think that I I am. I contain multitudes. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You're you're correct. Like when I say it, 
I mean, and I'm sure that he had whatever, but like I had never put together because I kind of look like him. I get kind of like face shape from right. my mom's side. Like my cousin, my mom's sister's son looks exact. Actually, so your Sorry, cousin. This is my cousin, but like on my mom's side. Right. I just I was I literally was like my mom's cousin. Wait, what? Um, like it. it so, but like he looks like me. But I always and, and I don't know. It, it's just. It's I understand. A, it's weird to realize that that you. You never thought about how much you have in common with a with a, a relative, right? And like, I think, and I, I think another reason why I would would like to go back, like for example, for my dad's dad, is because like, you know, uh, I I don't think anyone from my dad's side of the family would ever say this to me, um, for a multitude of reasons. Um, but like, part of me does wonder how much of him I'm like. Yeah. Because there are times where I really hope that I am, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I, I feel like we tell one family member, and really only one family member, how much they are like my grandfather. Right. You know? Um, yeah. And that's it. But, like, I don't know. Part of me does go, like, God, I kind of hope that people see at least a little bit of that in me. Right. Um, right. And, like, it's not been said uh and it's it's for a multitude of reasons but like i I, we don't need to get into the psychoanalysis of my family but what i also think is interesting um uh just two two small factors listeners you won't be able to see this but i'm going to show this to james i'm also going to change this lighting real quick hang on one second one thing that is interesting about me speaking of genetics and how interesting family can be uh so you know i was saying i get a lot of my features from my mom's side of the family yeah what is interesting is that I have two differently shaped ears, and both mm. of them are what my grandfather's ears looked like. This oh, side looks uh, exactly like my uh, mom's dad. Okay. So, and just, so take a quick look at that, the shape yep. of that ear, yep. and then yep. this this side is what my dad's dad looked like. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I yeah, have two noticeable difference because yeah. there's like the notch basically on this one, yeah. you know, and the other one's just a, almost a flat circle, almost you know, or oval or whatever you want to call that. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny because like this half of my nose is like my mom's dad, and I'm yeah, joking. it's a but also you can also see how this ear pops out way further than this one. Too. Yeah, this one yeah. leans back further, it curls in more. It's very interesting. Yeah. How there's an impression of of your your left ear being like higher on your head. Mm-hmm. Because the other right one curves, ear. yeah. Because yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's, right. it's fascinating, and like I just think that's such an interesting thing of like how genetics works in that way. Um, but like to to finish this off, I, I and this can be a conversation I, for another day. But like I wanted to yeah. point out that like the reason why this question was tougher for me, right, is that a long time ago, when I was doing a different show entirely that didn't last very long. Um, but I was called Bad Pen Pal. I was on it. I know. Um, uh, the listener didn't. And oh, that's true. That's a good point. I don't know why I said quite that. I was like, yes, James. I know. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now that I'm thinking about it, were you on the episode that I was about to mention? Which is, did you and I have the conversation about like? I mean, would you it's go about back in time? time travel, so probably because right? we we I, in one episode I had a conversation with someone about 
would you go back in time to like a specific point in time to basically if it was like if you could go back to X date and start living your life again from that point on with all the knowledge of what you have now, would you do it? And I was like, that sounds like a very, that does James. sound very James, James, like now that I think yeah. about it, but like, I just found that to be so fascinating because I was kind of like, no, I remember yeah. back then being like, I think it was more of, I was terrified of what if I made things worse or, you know, what if I'm like, okay, I know this stuff, I'm going to fix that. And then it still happens, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean like, yeah, it, and it's a little bit of a timeline maybe. situation, right? It's like, do you, does the timeline find ways to fix itself? Right. My meeting my parents, you know, I, I mean, like it's it's Back to the Future is pretty great, a pretty mm-hmm. excellently written movie. You know, what if what if they're assholes? Right. Like that would be a, a giant bummer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's exactly what it is because it's like, you know, again, I've heard so many good stories about like my mom's dad, and to be clear, I'm only using him as example because he's the one I don't know. Right, like at right, all. Right. But I'm just You're saying, not, like, yeah, yeah. you know, and also, like, again, they, all their stories are also from like after they were born. But it's right. like, what if I'm like, I'm going to go meet him when he was 30 right. or 25 or whatever. And I go back and like, he hasn't like grown up enough yet because like he hasn't started his family or whatever. And what if yeah. like at that point, I'm like, oh, damn, you were a jerk. I needed to go five more years in the future. But like, I lost yeah. this is my one shot. I only had one yeah. thing of, you know, PIM particles. Yeah. And now he's I've, in his Freddie Malik era. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I've missed my, I missed my window. You know, it's like, yeah. damn it. Like, you know, that would be heartbreaking to me if I, yep. if it's like, I know that there's a good time period for sure of him. Yeah. And I just barely missed that mark. And like that mark was not good times. Oh, that would be a, that would be a bummer, you know? Yeah. But also the well, same I mean, like, thing, I guess, to be, to be fair, since I know my mom listens to, to, to go to the other grandfather. Again, like I know that he had a certain trajectory and he became like a pastor and all this other stuff, but he has mentioned before that he was a little bit of a, you know, ruffian or a, a hoodlum, if you will, when he was uh-huh. a kid. So yeah. what if I met him again in his 20s or whatever, and it turns out he hadn't fully gotten that out of his system yet. And like, I wanted to get like good advice from him, but instead he was like, cool, cool, cool. Take this rock and, you know, knock out that street light. And you're like, damn it. Oh, I went too far. You know, like, you know, what if you get him in like the one bad period too, you know? So. Right. Well, I mean, like, yeah, me, I mean. Like, even like, you know, I'd like to go see my mom when she was like a little kid. What if you catch her on a day when she's being just like off, like kids right. are? It's that whole thing. Uh, just real quick, I get, I was just realizing I get my face shaped from my mom's side, but my hair is my dad's, like, on my head, my beard, just like, it's literally like, like like a, a kindergarten version of genetics. Like this plus this right. is that. Listen, thank <laughs> God for my mom's side of the family because like my dad's side of the family, they all lose their hair, right? Yeah. Uh, like for, if you go by like, you know, dad's mom or, or dad's dad yeah, or whatever. It's, it's um, your mom's dad. But it's your mom's dad, right. But yeah. like thank God for my mom's dad having just a full ass head of hair. Yeah. You know, t- I mean like, because it's also well, a thing that I sometimes get nervous about. It's hair check time. I know, because like sometimes mm-hmm. they say that if you do have a balding pattern or balding yeah. whatever that wearing hats can um uh can accelerate it you know what i mean and i wear hats all the time but thank god i have seemingly still got a good full set of curly as hell hair hard to I manage have very fine hair. hair and uh i have definitely thought god damn it colin if 
your influence on me to wear this timeline scavengers hat a lot is gonna make my hair <laughs> head out, out and, like lose because like i have i got a widow's peak and that's definitely from my dad but one time I, Kristen was like or we call that male pattern baldness and i was like Oh, can you no. take that back forever? So yeah, I don't think my uh, hair was in front of people yet. No, I think that looks normal for me. It's weird. So. I don't. I, I literally am on on camera, listener. I am pulling my hair back so I can actually see my hairline, just because uh, my hair is uh, very thick and long enough that it covers the actual hairline. But I don't think I it's will say that a, losing. I don't think I'm losing. A widow's right. peak is tough because you're like, is this I do, where it was yeah, last time, or here. was it like? Yeah. It's a, it's a hard one. This is not where I thought this, was this episode would go. Yeah, me either. Anyway, uh, shall we... Um, what, what did we just say in the last one again? Shall we diverge from the timeline? That's it, yeah. All right. Well, hey, listener, thank you for 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 taking that journey with us. Uh, I love time travel, and everyone knows that about me, and so I really had a good time having that discussion. Um, that's going to do it for us for today. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm James Anderson. I'm Colin Parker. Excelsior is what I get from my mom, Stanley. And, uh, and true believer is what I get from my dad, Stanley. And, and, uh, Did she you know, know that Stanley's original name was actually Dadley? <laughs> <laughs>